So I'm gonna start off with a story. Um, it's, it's called the IKEA model, IKEA. And who in this room has never owned a piece of IKEA furniture? Exactly. <laughs> They're very effective with their vision and their mission. <laughs> they made furniture affordable. They made furniture available but I still get frustrated with the screws and the bolts and everything else. Like, look at the picture. Oh my goodness, that's right. How have I got three screws left? <laughs> I'm the kind of person, don't worry, just put it up there, just don't move it. <laughs> Ikea are a furniture company, giving people the possibility to grow. The Ikea vision is to create a better everyday life for many people, which also includes our, co our co-workers. When they grow, IKEA grows. They are our most valuable resource. This is IKEA, furniture company. They are our most valuable resources, being the IKEA ambassadors and the ones that turn our vision into reality. IKEA is a rapidly expanding company. Over the past five years, we have opened over 100 new stores. At the same time, IKEA operates in a constantly evolving competitive retail environment with high staff turnover. The next five years, we'll expect 150,000 new recruits will join the company while 100,000 co-workers will leave IKEA. We need to develop the co-workers we already have and at the same time attract new co-workers who have a genuine interest in home furnishings and who want to stay and grow with us. Consequently, IKEA is committed to being a good employer that offers a safe and healthy work environment together with development opportunities for each individual. IKEA has a vision. And if you read that, I can't help but think about if you were to maybe change a few words and also kind of put in a little bit of churchy words in there. Now, I don't like the 150 coming and the 100 going, 100,000. That's like, oh, oh. But the reality is, is um, you know, church is not supposed to be just this, this, you know, revolving door. I love the idea of coming and growing. If we grow, they grow. If they grow, we grow. And so there is something about it that I think is kind of humorous and, and, and interesting. And yet for them to succeed, they need vision. And for them to succeed, they don't just need vision, they need the vision to become a reality. And they need for the people that are involved to actually get it. They call them ambassadors. I mean, I don't know if they've been reading the Bible, but that's what Paul says we are. We are ambassadors for Christ and we understand that terminology to some degree. Well, today I want to try and at least at, try to give you a little bit of an idea on how do we get here? Uh, Joyce and I and our children, we moved from Hillsong, London uh, in 2008. So I think 14 years ago, maybe there's some pictures there that will give you some scary, you know. That's my son there. And this lovely lady on the right here is Sarah Shukala. She was one of five people that moved from London to be a part of the community group here in Berlin. And she's still here. She married a lovely guy called Guido and they've got three amazing sons and are a big part of our church. Not every one of the five are still here, but 
In them early days, Jules, who's on the end here, she went off to study in Sydney. She's from Hernhut, somewhere in Saxony or Lower Saxony or where are you from? Hernhut, yeah, yeah. And, and she went all the way to Australia um, and, uh, and then came back uh, to be a part of our church and has just been an incredible leader in our house and has been very significant to who we are as a church today. And we could not be where we are without this lovely lady. So why don't we show appreciation? And then Connie as well, who you saw up here leading so well. I mean, she came back as well. She came from somewhere near Stuttgart, you know, the 50,000 villages around Stuttgart. And you don't know how to tell someone where you're from. So you say Stuttgart. That's Connie. So, but she went to Australia to the college as well and then um, came back to Berlin. And, and again, being a significant, uh, just a, an absolute pillar in our house. So obviously there's a journey to every vision. and. I want to talk a little bit about how me and Joyce ended up here, if that's okay. I'm not trying to bore you or anything else except just try to give some context. And that is, you know, important because the next three weeks, we're going to just try to really just say, hey, where are we going? Where are we going? Not where am I going? Where are you going? But where are we going as a community of faith that believe God and the future He's got for us? So anyway, Joyce and I started off, um, we went off from the UK to a college in Sydney. We wanted to study. My background's electrical engineering. Joyce is midwifery. Um, and we really felt that we were wanting to really serve God and we wanted to just say, we're just going to go for it. And so we ended up in Australia. We went for one year. We ended up spending five years and we had both our babies there. So Isaac and Leela, my son's now 23. Uh, he lives between London, uh, UK and German and uh, Berlin. And... Um, and then my daughter is 21 and she's just moved to London for university doing liberal arts. And so obviously, you know, 14 years, a lot can happen. But we ended up going from Australia after five years to London, Hillsong London. It wasn't Hillsong London there, it was just uh, London Christian Life Centre. But we, we joined the team there. It was my first really official role. Um, I, I'd already, Joyce and I had already been serving in capacity of pastors and pastoring overseas students and, and uh, being involved in youth ministry and things like that. But this was the first time I was given a role which is new people's pastor, um, which was also called the parties pastor because I threw lots of parties and uh, it's another story for another time. But the point is um, we went from 300 on the Sunday we arrived um, and it was almost like seat, battle, seat buckle up because we went from 300 to 6,000 people in four years. The church just exploded. And, um, and so that was a very interesting time for us. I mean, we were young, had our energy, we had our strength. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, you just went for it and you just watched God do amazing things. And so anyway, that went for seven years for us. And then from seven years, we were asked to come to Berlin. And this group, like I've already mentioned, Sarah and the five, they'd already moved here. And my job was to come over and encourage them on Thursday nights and then go back to London on Friday. Uh, we used to have social nights on Friday, you know, friends, get to know people. How are you? Get to, you know, and, and sometimes I stay for that. But what happened is after a few times of coming over a few months, I had not much to do during the day. You know, I stayed at one of the couples, I stayed in their house and they were at work during the day. So I just walk around Berlin. Around Alexander Platz and and, uh, and and I always knew we were going to be building on the east side of the city, and so I kind of spent most of my time looking around. But when I was walking around, I could see, I could see you, 
Really? Yeah. <laughs> Scary is like, <sighs> but what I'm trying to say is I could see God wanting to build a vibrant, dynamic uh, church with people from all walks of life that had encountered Jesus and the gospel for their lives. I could see it. Vision is so powerful because it allows you to suddenly get above the chaos. It allows you to see beyond the natural restrictions of life. Vision is always gonna be a key part of making progress in life. And sadly, people have eyes to see, but they cannot see anything with their imagination. And so we've got to learn to look beyond the obstacles. And so I could see what God was wanting to do. He gave me a glimpse of something. Well, it stirred my heart and, and me and Joyce were like, we're gonna go for it, you know? I was 40 years old when I arrived. You're like, you're like, man, life's too slow. And when's it gonna happen? I'm like, well, I started at 40, but I had 17 years preparation before I stepped into Berlin. Building teams, building community, learning how to care for people, pastor people, lead and build and create and solve problems. And so, you know, anyone who's gonna do anything with your life, you're always gonna have some kind of apprenticeship, some kind of training. No one turns up and says, I'm ready. You never feel like you're ready. But vision doesn't say you're not ready. Vision just says, I wanna give you a taste of something and it fuels you to move forward. So if you have vision, you're gonna have a mission. You can't have vision and not turn it into mission. Mission is vision in action. And I want you to know you've not come to a church that has no vision. We have vision, which means we have a mission. And the invitation is, would you be willingly part of that? Do you want to be a part of it? Would you say, hey, that's something I've been looking for all this time? Because vision attracts vision. Dreamers attract dreamers. Like attracts like. Some of you are trying to figure out why the heck did I come to Berlin? The job offer was good, but is there something more than just a good job? Yeah, God wants to do something with you that you maybe haven't realised yet. But what happens is visionaries will always find visionaries. And so what happened is I could see something. We made changes. We left London. We came to Berlin and we started building the church from our home. We said we wouldn't start a public service until we reached 70 people. And one day we got to 84 people in our living room and we're like, we better start a service. So these are some of the pictures. This is the apartment. Now, I know there's only a few people there, but trust me, it wasn't a big place. It was just packed. People are hanging out the windows. And it smelled as well. But you know what? God was working. God was, and Joyce and I, we just started to lead. We started to, speak potential to people's potential, started to place value, started to point to vision, just started to do what we knew. And yet at the same time, we had to very much adapt and learn to become aware of what the culture and the environment. I remember one day coming up to me, a person come up and he said, don't talk about money from the front. Is that a threat? <laughs> it was so hostile and aggressive. I was like, <gasps> and I'm the type of person, if you tell me not to do that, So anyway, I did. But more importantly, I know why I was doing it. You don't ask people to give because you need to pay bills. You ask people to trust God, exactly what Connie did today, because it's trusting God that is what the fruit of honouring God is all about, amen? And if you're growing, we're growing, amen? So let's make sure it's always about doing it from a healthy place. And I think most people know that. You, can, you sense when people are just after your money. But 
I believe when you do it with a good spirit, with His spirit, it's amazing how it begins to bring transformation and generosity will always lift the spirit and the vision of the house. You do need resources for the vision. Amen. And so anyway, we started to move forward and um, pioneering is is something that I get, I'm fueled to pioneer. That's why I'm excited about what can our church do from Berlin towards Eastern Europe. And we're in basically a pioneering time again. Uh, But the key is we've got to establish Berlin and make it more secure. Uh, We haven't got a venue. Most of you know that. It's like, where are they today? Oh my goodness, I went to the wrong place almost. But the point I'm saying is, is, but what kind of church that doesn't have a venue still grows 100 people in one month and has 150 salvations? And so you can see God's at work. God's not limited by our, our, our frustration moment right now. And I need you to understand that because to have vision doesn't mean everything's gonna go perfectly. To be on mission doesn't mean everything's gonna be just a plain sail. No, it's bumpy, it's messy, it's complicated, but I'd rather live with vision and be on mission than to be dead even though I'm alive. So you should never apologise for being a person that actually realises we're here for something greater. God's people should be the most visionary orientated, mission-focused people on the planet. It's easy to be distracted, yes, but you've got to understand that if you've got vision, no way you're going to let distraction take you out. So the end of 28, 2028, we got to 84 people. We started meeting um, in a venue and we did one service per month and then we went to two weeks and then we eventually on October 2009, we started our Sunday services every week. Went on for 10 years, got to 2018, got to around a thousand people. Um, some people think it's amazing. It's all context. You talk to people in South America, I mean, you know, a thousand people is just like, a, it's like a baby's club. It's context, it's perspective. But for the city of Berlin, it was pretty interesting because we were here with a mission, with a vision to take ground that's been lost and to take new ground that the enemy has been holding onto for too long. And so we had to make a decision. We know why we're here. We know where we're going. Who wants to join with us? And how are we gonna actually do this? So some of the values started to stand out. Generosity, no strings attached. Hospitality, one size fits one. Hospitality disarms people because it makes it personal in the sense of you're not just a number, you're not just a robot, you're not just another thing. Hospitality is one of the greatest beautiful things that I believe God does with us. Hospitality makes you feel actually like a human being again, amen? So a spirit of hospitality is you're welcome. I see you. And it's one of the challenges in our society. Loneliness is literally, I don't think anyone sees me. Does anyone want me? Does anyone know me? Loneliness has got nothing to do with your age or your hair colour or your passport. It's got to do with this thing called purpose. Do I know who I am? Do I know who I belong to? Do I have a sense of purpose for my life? So we built with values like generosity and hospitality. In other words, I'm saying it because if it was at the start, it needs to continue as we go into the future. Generosity can't just be in me, it's gotta be in you. It's gotta be in us, amen? The emphasis was on friends bringing friends. Why? Because there's a measure of trust there. Who's the man with the mic? I don't trust him. You know, the early days, and I have to be careful how I say this, but if I get it wrong, please forgive me, okay? But in the early days, I used to say three things and it was amazing how it changed the atmosphere. Do you wanna know what the three things are? 
there's not a good enough response. So I think you're already nervous, like, oh, I can't respond to that. All right, talk to me afterwards, okay? And I'll tell you what the three things are. No, too late, you missed it. You missed it, you missed it. No, 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 no. Friends bring in friends, friends bring in friends, friends bring in friends. Cultivate an atmosphere of faith, helping people to believe. We labour to help people move from can't to can by creating opportunities to serve and to grow their leadership capacity and to develop an overcoming mentality. We encourage that church to move from friendly to friends. It's so easy to say it, but it's so hard to do it. Why? Because friendliness is like one thing, but moving from friendly to friends, man, you've got to take a risk. You've got to let someone in. I, I, I want the community, I don't want the church. I, I want the sex, I just don't want the commitment. I want the success, I just don't want to work hard. It, it's so one-sided today. And it's not like that. There's no shortcuts, not with serving Jesus. So you want the community, but you don't want the church? Or I want the church, I just don't want the pastor. <laughs> or I want the church, I just don't want the vision. You can't be selective because it's not gonna build strength into your life. And why would you do that anyway? Maybe you've forgotten the mission. Maybe you've forgotten what the vision is all about anyway. And this is why I think it's important to keep reminding ourselves, we're not here for ourselves. We're here for Him and what He wants to do. So encouraging the church, obviously, to go from friendly to friends. I'd rather go to a friendly church than not a friendly church. And I need you to understand, like, try go to a place where it's supposed to be friendly and it's not friendly. I think most people understand, it's just like, ah. Well, let's put effort into that because it's up to us. Well, I wanna go to a church that is friendly. Okay, great. Can I ask you a question? Are you gonna be friendly? Well, I wanna go to a church that is tolerant. Okay, are you gonna be tolerant? I wanna go to a church that is kind. Okay, are you gonna be kind? And it's amazing how we always say what everyone else has gotta do, but the magic or the strength or the beauty of a church with Jesus at work in our hearts is that we are gonna work with us first. It's always good, so it's not good to look at others and say, can I tell you what you're not doing right? No, you gotta look at yourself first. And the thing about that is, Jesus will never tell you how bad you are. He'll tell you how amazing you are. You're forgiven, you're mine, you're precious, you're valuable. You draw from Him and then you begin to give to others. And sometimes it can take a long time, yeah, but it's a beautiful work and you should not give up too easily on it, amen? And vision and mission is all a part of that. So we've got to understand if there's no friendships, no healthy friendships, no healthy community, it will never be attractive to a lost, confused, dying world. Why do people come here? I don't know. It's a, sometimes a very, very subjective question. <laughs> my mum told me because if I don't, she'll stop my money. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Let's take a photo, send it back and say, mum, I'm going to church. This is the pastor. Now, everyone's got their reasons why, but it's not so much why you come, it's why you decide to stay. You need a home. Yes, you do. You need a place where you feel safe. Yes, you do. You need a place where you can recover and discover at the same time. Yes, you do. Maybe for some of us, we need a place to heal, to become whole, or to press the reset button to get back on track again. These are all things that happen at the same time. Community is something that God uses profoundly. If there's no leadership, if there's no leadership capacity, it's never gonna go anywhere. 
and I'll never apologize for speaking openly. The last first 10 years was all about cultivating a leadership mentality. And it's important because our society absolutely needs it. It's not what we do in here, it's what we do next. And if God's people can walk back into society, solving problems, making significant decisions about the environment, about people's well-being, actually bringing reform to areas that are actually in chaos, don't ever think that what you're doing doesn't matter. It matters. And I really trust that we can understand that. So we begin to grow and we begin to, you know, and it's slowly, it's steady. And we got ourselves towards 2019 and it was a 10 year anniversary, it was amazing. I was so grateful to God that we could see a measure of fruit. And we saw again, just amazing things that God was doing. But like every one of us, we all stepped into 2020. No idea that our whole world and our whole society was gonna be impacted. The pandemic affected everybody. I don't know anyone that hasn't been affected by it, but we stepped into a very difficult time. Our church was online for 18, uh, 16 months very little contact with people. And it was really difficult. And uh, it was a time where we weren't able to be with each other when we so loved to be with each other. Uh, we weren't able to have you know, public services and that was difficult in so many ways as well. But me and Joyce made a conscious decision. We are not gonna risk your well-being, your safety, your children, your marriage, your family. We would never put you at risk by gathering in the midst of the pandemic. And we got criticized for not going back soon enough. And yet we had others who thanked us for being overly cautious about getting back. And so it's a little bit like you can't win, you know? Some people are happy, some people are not happy, but trust me, more people are happier than the few that are. And so we moved forward and we started back in public services and we are now rebuilding back. The vision hasn't changed. The vision hasn't stopped and the mission hasn't stopped. We might be a little bit slower, but we're still going forward. Maybe the capacity has been reduced a little bit, but I'm telling you now, capacity can come back and will come back. Amen. But we got to remember, if you want to be a part of a local church, it can't be just consuming. It's got to somehow turn into getting involved and start to participate. If we consume, we know why we do that in our societies. We go to shops, we've got options, we can choose airlines, we can choose hotels. We've got our preferences with apps and everything else. We've got so many things going for us in our society and it's not all bad. Sometimes it's a bit distracting, but the truth is let's never treat the church like a consumer society. You know, like, well, I like cappuccinos. Is it kind of cappuccino we're offering at this church? You know, well, we're not really a cappuccino church. We're a flat, we're a flat white church. Well, I don't like flat white. I like espresso. I'm allergic to milk. No, 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 no. Listen, 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 listen. When we start coming up with our worship here, but I'll receive the word here. It's, it's just me, me, me. And we got to move from me, me, me to us. Jesus didn't build His church to be self-centered, He built His church and gave us the ability to be selfless. And He's the greatest example because He's the most selfless person that has ever lived. He laid down His life for you. He laid down His life for me. I don't think sometimes I'm worth laying down my, why would you lay your life down for me? Who am I? But that's exactly right because who are you? You're mine. You're a 
child of God and He didn't lay His life down so you could find your value. He laid your, His life down because you are valuable. And He does it through the church. And so we need to understand that there are a lot for us to do and there is a mission and there is a vision. And the next few weeks, again, I've got too much shorter time to get it all out. But over the next three weeks, we will just start to talk it through and really just break it down and just allow you to come a little bit closer to say, hey, I wanna be a part of that. Even if it's a season, make it a great season. Not every one of you are gonna be here in Berlin forever. You don't have to be. But while, you're here, while you are here, help establish the house of God that will serve generations in this city for many years to come. Just because you were here, you can actually contribute and say, I made that better. I am willing to make it better for us. It's incredible when you connect it to something bigger than yourself. And this is what it says here, a couple of verses for you. Mark chapter 16, And Jesus said to them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone, everywhere. It's pretty big. It's pretty big. I don't even know if Apple's got a vision that big. Because they haven't put an iPhone in every hand, in every... Now they might be trying, <laughs> like Ikea, They've been very successful with their vision because everyone in the rooms had something, got something. But what I am saying to you is, is let's acknowledge that God is a God of vision. So are you willing to say, God, your vision is my vision now? Are you willing to say, God, your mission is now my mission? Because the strength of your mission is who you're connected to, who you're doing it for. And you've got to remember the mission He calls us on is an eternal mission. In other words, what you do now will be remembered forever. What you do now may not be noticed by everyone, but it will be noticed by your heavenly Father. So you've got to do it for Him. You're not doing it for me. You're not doing it for your mom. You're not doing it for your dad. You're not doing it for your friends. You're not doing it for your Instagram account. You're doing it for the King. You're doing it for the King of heaven. The King of, He is the one we're doing it for. There's so many more verses, but the Holy Spirit is the strength of the church. The Holy Spirit is the key. He is the one that helps this become real. And so really my encouragement to just again, remind you, we are to make disciples and we are to water baptize people in the name of Jesus. These are things that identify us with Jesus. I don't really like the word disciple because it has different connotations to different people. Like, hey, do you wanna be discipled? No response, okay. But if someone said that to me, I'd be like a bit uncomfortable. Like, hey, you wanted to, uh. but if someone says to me, hey, hey, I really see a lot in you. Um, let's, I wanna, I wanna see your personal development. I, I really believe there's a lot in you and I really wanna help you develop as a leader, as a father, as a husband, as a man. Oh, now you got my attention. Development, yay! <laughs> but just don't say you're gonna disciple me because I, oh. Now, yeah, it's a word play, but when Jesus said it, He wasn't worried about the word plays, but we know what we're doing. Can I help you? Can we grow you? Can you move forward? You're here right now, but you're not gonna stay there forever. You're moving forward. Yeah, there might be twists and turns, but you're going to the future because His presence is too strong. Can anybody say Amen? So yes, big vision, big mission. Vision will always have something in it that needs to be achieved. If you've got nothing in your vision, 
Let, let me give you an example. Uh, I have a vision to be healthy. Awesome. It's probably more a goal than a vision, but we won't argue. But what do you do when you get healthy? And at what level of health are you talking about? In other words, let's just say you get healthy. So now you're healthy, you've got to get a new vision. Yeah. It's not really vision, it's just more a goal. So what I'm trying to say to you, vision needs to have something in it that's, it needs to be something like, you can't achieve it on your own. You need God to help you. That's what makes vision amazing. But what makes it even more amazing, it turns into mission. If Joyce and I think we can come and build a church in the centre of Berlin, the capital of Deutschland, positioned towards Eastern Europe in our own strength, we wouldn't have come or we wouldn't have lasted very long. It's the strength of God. He takes our weakness and He pours in His strength. Don't be taken off. Now you're here. Many people come from different cultures, different languages, different backgrounds. But don't be put off by sometimes the challenges that you face when you come into this place. You've got to connect it to, God, I know why I'm here. And if you don't, put effort into, why am I here? And you've got to move as best you can from I to we. It's never about just you on your own. Collective strength is always better than individual strength. So let's understand we're on mission because we have vision. I've said to you, the mission is the vision in action. Or the mission is a declaration of a reflection of what the vision is. If there's vision, there must be mission. You'll never say the vision's too small. There's enough vision for all of us. It's important that we all choose calling over comfort. I really trust that that's what we're gonna go on these next three weeks. Whatever's going on, that you're willing to say yes to the vision and you're willing to say yes to the mission. Everyone's needed. Everyone has something unique that only you can bring. And I believe when you say yes, it really just helps us to always go towards the future in a much stronger way. So let's believe God that, that, that God's gonna use every one of us. Let's believe God that we're gonna be a reflection of His goodness on earth, amen? And never apologize for the diversity. I, I didn't try to get you know, 26 languages in our church. I didn't try to get people from all walks of life and every continent on the planet. I didn't know that I would meet Indonesian people by coming to Berlin. And now it's like, you know, it's like, I didn't know I'd meet you. I didn't know I'd meet Joshua. I didn't know, Joshua, you didn't know you were gonna meet me. He's like, I'm still not sure if I wanna meet you. No, 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 he's not like that. But I didn't know I was gonna meet Connie and Jules. I didn't know you were gonna be here, but God knew you were gonna be here. He knew I was gonna be here. He knew that we were gonna overcome something. And it's about what He wants to do. And so let courage rise up because vision always has this ability to put courage into people, amen. I believe when there's vision, there will be courage.